Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Come on, bet. Four or five different Star Trek shows that you can stream now. Oh, really? But you have to pay, right? Yeah, that's the downside. You have to pay, you have to pay a subscription for Paramount Plus if you're going to stream any of it. What's the, what about that new? Uh, well, hey, let's let's talk about that. Hold on, here we go. Ready? Yeah. Hey, and here we are. This hey, is the no name uh, movie TV review. <laughs> Yeah. Review podcast. We haven't got a name yet, but we're working on it. Still we're in the experimental it. phase of yeah, that. Yeah, we're, we're still experimenting right now. Um, but we're going to do a little uh, we're gonna a little test and a little talk uh, about some things. You know, you were talking about, before we move on to our yeah. movie, we're going to do a movie review. By right? the way, my name's Jason. That's Eric. That's right. This yeah. is uh, this is Jason. I'm Eric. And we're, uh, we're the, uh, maybe, uh, pardon the intermission. We're thinking about that. Pardon the intermission. We're going to get you a cough button over there. Huh? Yeah, I know, right? I need, seriously, my, in my old radio days, we had a cough button. That was really convenient. Yeah. I could just press it, and it would be like... <coughs> Nothing. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I could hardly hear me cough. It was yeah, awesome. that, those are nice. Those are nice. We're not that yeah. sophisticated here. Sorry. Not but, yet. Uh, not, not yet. Not yet. Um, but anyway... Um, <clears throat> You were talking about Paramount, yeah. And Paramount Plus. Uh, before we get to the movie review, let's talk a little bit yeah. about that that new uh, yeah. uh, Star Trek. Star I always call it Star Trek, Trek, and I get in trouble every time I call right. it Star Trek. Star Trek, that new Star Trek, Trek. with uh, yeah. Commander Pike, right, or Captain, Captain Pike? Pike? Yeah. How is that? Is that any good? Do you watch that? Yeah, you're talking to the right guy because I've been a huge Star Trek fan for a long time. Okay. And uh, the new series you're referencing is called Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Okay. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet, Eric, it's about uh, the uh, crew of the Enterprise before Captain Kirk. And for those of you diehard Star Trek uh, fans like me, you know that Captain Pike was uh, really started off as an ancillary character who appeared in the pilot episode mm-hmm. uh, for the Star Trek original series. Yeah. And uh, that Captain Pike was portrayed by an actor named Jeffrey Hunter, who was in a lot of uh, John Wayne Westerns back in the day. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. He was a really good Western actor. He was in films like uh, Rio Bravo. Uh, no, not Rio Bravo. He was in uh, movies like uh, Major Dundee. He was in uh, The Searchers is the one I was thinking mm. of. He was in The Searchers with John Wayne, which is considered one of the best of all time. But anyway. Now, I remember his face i mean he's a good looking guy too he, right? he was yeah. he was very good very dashing very yeah. dashing now so, now but now so he yeah he was the original, original captain pike yeah. captain pike now i can't remember in that pilot episode yeah did they have they didn't have captain kirk did they did no they, have, they did not yeah so the whole the whole episode was basically around captain pike was uh he was either marooned or he crash landed on that planet right yeah so the planet's name was talus four and okay. the, the, <laughs> Man, you're all into this hey, this is crazy ultimate fan here i love it I so love anyway it. um and re- how this re- refers to Star Trek Strange New Worlds is that the Star Trek creators wanted to base a series off of the crew of the Enterprise before Captain Kirk, which was, of course, commanded by Captain Christopher Pike. Okay. And so uh, a Canadian actor by the name of Anson Mount portrays Captain Pike. Yes, Anson Mount, which was yeah. on Hell on Wheels. That Hell was, on Wheels, baby. Was, I love right. that. I love yeah, that series. Great show. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Strange New Worlds just started streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, for those of you who don't have a subscription, don't feel bad. 
Um, <laughs> but at any rate, um, it started streaming on Paramount Plus back at the end of, let's see, we're in May right now. So it just started, actually started streaming the middle of this month. Mm. Uh, three episodes have come out so far. Uh, I've watched all three of them. And what I like about them the most, Eric, is that they're getting back to kind of the episodic form of storytelling that made Star Trek so popular in the first place. Really? Yeah. And I and that reason I say that is because in a lot of the popular streaming shows now, we're seeing that most of the season is dedicated to one, one episode that just kind of arcs storyline after storyline after storyline along the same themes. Okay. Star Trek, yeah. pa- Star Trek Picard, for example, does that. Season two of Star Trek Picard was about one theme, and that was them going back in time and restoring the timeline that Q set them off into. Star Trek Strange New Worlds uh, gets back to that episodic form of storytelling. So one, epi- one episode on Star Trek Strange New Worlds is going to be different than is the a next. complete. It's a complete story. Exactly, yes. It's exactly. not sending you down a season of, of the complete story. It's, right, it's yeah. not a season of the same episode. It's a season yeah. of different episodes. And uh, each each episode, episode. Maybe we should come up with a new term. Episode. Season episode. Episode. Episodic. Episodic season is a episode. There you go. There's our new (laughs) name right there. But so yeah, that that's what makes this show really unique is that it uh, gets back into that episodic storytelling that Star Trek is known for. Okay. And uh, so far through the first three episodes, they've actually been really. uh, I don't say they've been well written, but they've been written very fun like. Now you're saying the first. Are you talking seasons or are you talking episodes? E- episodes. Okay. We're in season one of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, but the first three episodes in season one have streamed so far. Now, uh, I thought, did Anson <clears throat> Mount, did they, are, did they already, I thought they already did that. Is this just coming out now? I thought they already had been in like a season or two seasons of that. No, this, this is, is a, the first. This is it. This is the first season of Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. That's weird because I remember yeah. seeing them advertise that a long time ago. Like, <laughs> it, it, did they do like a movie, or did they do something to kind of uh, you know premiere it? Well, what they with did, the characters? Well, actually, yes and no. What they did was they had started shooting the series before the COVID nineteen pandemic hit us. Okay. They started shooting this way back in late two thousand nineteen, and then boom, lo and behold, the pandemic hit us. Yeah, shut everything down, yeah. including Hollywood. And so Paramount had actually started to promote the new Strange New World series right when the pandemic hit us in uh, March of uh, 2020, Okay, when we started getting shut down. And so they automatically, they cut production on the series, they cut the promotion on the series, and they told all the actors, look, we're going to come back to this eventually, Yeah. so let's just kind of you know put it on the back burner for now. And so once once the COVID cases started declining and some semblance of life returned to normal, um, they then they start back up. Then they started back up, which is what they did. So okay, yeah. So they and uh, again, like I said, just the first three episodes of season one have come out. They're doing the what's becoming more popular now with Paramount Plus is that they're not releasing every single episode for you to binge in one fell swoop. Yeah, they're. I like think the streaming things. streaming services are learning. It's a, from it, their mistakes they, uh, from Netflix's mistakes. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, they and, definitely are. You know, I noticed <laughs> Netflix is even learning because I saw a, a post. Sorry to take you off on a little. No, little, that's all right. I uh, saw a post that they are they are now going to release all the episodes except two, mm-hmm. and the last two episodes. Okay. I think the last two are going to be released in July. So the the first all the other first episodes are going to be released in June. Huh. And then the last two are going to be released in July, I think, if, if, if what I saw was correct. Wow. Which makes sense because, you know, they don't want people just to be there for a month. Now they've got them for two months, at least. That's right. you got to hook them in and so, keep them in. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, so, anyway, it's just funny how all of a sudden it's, it's changing. Know. It is, yeah. But I, You know, and that, and that 
I like it. I mean, I understand why they do it. And Disney yeah. Plus does it too with all the, you know, the Star Wars, Mandalorian, all that stuff. Yeah. I understand why they do it. But man, it's like I got used to binging. You know? <laughs> I know. Like, I did too. I, I did too. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. I, was I, like, I can't get used to this every week. You know, it's like, wait a minute. This is like regular TV. I can't do this. But, but I think in a way, though, that's what makes it also fun because I remember back in the day when I would watch my favorite shows like NYPD Blue and Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, I would watch uh, earlier TV shows like MASH. It's like you had to wait, you know, you would watch that episode that would premiere on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night, but then you had to wait the following week. Yeah. And you were like held in anticipation, especially if you had, oh God, the season, the season ending, the season ending cliffhangers were the worst, man. Those were the spoilers. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Those. Cause you knew, especially, especially when they would do the, uh, uh, you know, the season would end right, right before yeah. summer. Yeah. And you know, oh yeah. man, I got it. And then they would play some reruns or whatever, but you got to wait all till the fall yeah. for the new season to kick in. Yeah. And then, know, so. and then, and then that kind of like, uh, and then like fast forward to now, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fans too. And so like, what, like HBO would always mess with going, the viewers, man. HBO would always piss me off when they would be like, okay, here we go. Game of Thrones. They leave you, they leave you hanging on a cliff with a great season ender. And then you have to wait three years until that next season I know, comes yeah. out. I was, I was going to say, oh. we, you know, I was just going to make that point too, because it's like, we, we know, you know, how good did we have it? We thought it took forever to get to summer, to fall, right? To get to the exactly. new the new season. Yes, exactly. But now with like Game of Thrones, some of these shows are like, you know, two years out, three years out. Yes. You know? Yeah. But so, but that's, uh, and that's kind of how it is with Star Trek Strange New Worlds is where you get a new episode uh, every Wednesday. They drop every Wednesday. Okay. You know, but I, you know, what's really unique about this series, Eric, as a longtime Star Trek fan is that, like I mentioned earlier, Captain Pike was just originally an ancillary character. He yeah. was initially just a test character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from what I recall, uh, with all my vast Star Trek knowledge, Jeffrey Hunter was going to be the main captain of the Enterprise had that original series been <clears throat> originally greenlighted a long time ago. Mm. So the producers of Star Trek and the story writers have kind of taken a character who wasn't supposed to have a backstory or an origin, really. And they're kind of giving him one right now. And they're giving him his own dedicated storyline. Yeah. And it's interesting because, um, you know, in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek films that were that came out a few years ago, we know that there was also a Captain Christopher Pike portrayed by Canadian actor Bruce Greenwood. He's yeah. been he's been in a lot of films. You've probably heard the name. So he played an older version of Captain Pike. A little bit of trivia. He yeah. he. Uh, I originally saw him years ago in uh, Saint Elsewhere. He was on a TV show. He was a, played a doctor. Oh my God! Same elsewhere. Can you uh, imagine that was with Denzel Washington? That's right. It's a good crop of actors that came out of there. I know, man. Same elsewhere, pumping out the prime list (laughs) actors here. Boom, boom, boom. Anyway, sorry to get you off. No, that's all right. But so, uh, I I think the I will give a cautionary recommendation on this one because this new series so far, it it's really going to appeal to the diehard Star Trek fans like me who want who want the franchise to get back to that episodic style of storytelling Mm. but for those who are just jumping into star trek for the first time either they've been revitalized through the jj abrams films or they're just being exposed to the next generation in the original series for the first time and they're still learning about it they might not like it i'm gonna catch on huh yeah right uh visually the the episodes have been outstanding the visual effects are great um Again, Anson Mount portrays uh, Captain Pike. They have an actor named Ethan Peck who is portraying Mr. Spock, 
who in this series is actually the chief science officer, but he's not a commander like he was in the original series. He's actually but the a same. Lieutenant. Yeah, that's right. Because Mr. Spock, I do remember from that original pilot going yeah. back that Spock was Leonard Nimoy was in that original was, pilot was in that original. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that character was there. Yeah. So Ethan Peck plays Spock. Rebecca Romaine plays uh, the first officer. And incidentally, why that's so important is because Gene Roddenberry's wife, her name is Majel Barrett. Uh, portrayed the first officer of the That's, Enterprise uh, in that pilot episode, and so didn't yeah. she play in? She played also in the series too, didn't she? Or no? She was in the series for um, a couple of episodes. Uh, she was actually Nurse Christine Chapel in the original yeah, yeah. series. Okay, that's where I know her from. Yeah, so yeah. that's how Gene kept her alive, and then she was also the computer voice on the Next Generation. Ah. That's and right. she was also the uh, very um, sex maven Waxana Troy, the mother of Deanna Troy. She was the one who had the hots oh, for Picard. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, right, she yeah, had yeah. the hots for Picard, and they rolled her over into Deep Space Nine, where she eventually had the hots for Cisco. I'm like, this lady just loves captains, <laughs> I tell you. It doesn't matter what kind of captain she they are. She keeps going and going. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, anyway, that That's I funny. thought that was kind of funny. So they have Rebecca Romaine playing her okay. character from the pilot in Strange New Worlds. She's the first officer. Okay. Ohura is a cadet in this one. I don't remember uh, the ac- the actor's name. I'll have to go back and research her name. But And then they have uh, Dr. McCoy is not in this one. The chief medical officer's mm. name is Dr. Mabenga. And then they have a different engineer. So yeah, it's a whole new different cast, a whole new different style of storytelling. Again, for the diehard Star Trek fans, they're probably going to love it. But for those who are just getting into it for the first time, it'll probably take them a while to warm up to it. Okay. Yeah, I, I may check it out. You know, you're kind of mm-hmm. talking me into it. At first, I was like, eh, Good, you know, because <laughs> a lot of these 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 uh, spinoffs have just kind of like, eh, you know. I mean, I was in, back in the day, I was into the Next Generation was a big major oh, spinoff, yeah, right? Yeah. That oh, was the yeah. big one. Yeah. Of course, that, that was a whole different world back then because yep. we had you know regular broadcast TV. We didn't have all the streaming stuff. Right. And then Deep Space Nine came along. Okay, I got into that a little bit, you know. I don't oh, think I, I ever Deep watched... Space Nine. I don't, I don't think I ever watched how it ended. I don't I don't remember how it ended. Deep but. Space Nine actually had one of the best endings of all the series. The oh, don't tell me that because I don't remember. Oh, okay. okay yeah, well. <laughs> no, 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 I mean, it's not, you're not going to spoil it for me. I'm just okay. saying that don't tell me I missed it. It's like the one show I was like, eh, hey, I kind of gave up on. I, I you missed, missed it. Missed it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, actually, it's it's interesting you mentioned Deep Space Nine because it took it took the diehard fans, even like me, a while to warm up to Deep Space Nine. Mm. Uh, like the first three seasons were really... Um, they were big on the storytelling, but it seemed like they were just kind of stagnant for a little bit, especially okay. towards the end of the middle to the end of season three was just kind of stagnant. And then, hello, they brought over my favorite character in all of Star Trek, Lieutenant Commander Worf. I am Worf. Oh, that's right. That's right. Worf, Worf joined later on. Huh? joined yeah. D-Space Nine in the episode The Way of the Warrior. And after Worf joined, oh my God, it got so much better because then yeah. they included the storyline with the uh, the Dominion, the Jem'Hadar, and the Dominion War. And uh, now some fans actually berate that because Star Trek kind of took a turn for the more militaristic style. There was, mm. you know, like diehard fans were saying, well, there's no war in Star Trek. How can you have wars? There's not supposed to be wars anymore. Well, that's part of the beauty of Star Trek. You're exploring the different themes, different angles yeah. of storytelling. That's what they did. So it took a while for everyone to warm up to DS9 as well. But I imagine that's probably what it'll be like with Strange New Worlds. where And because it's something that's completely different than Star Trek Discovery, because it's different than Star Trek Picard, it, there's it's not something there that they can relate to right away like there was, like you just mentioned, with DS9 was a direct spinoff of Next Generation. Yeah. We kind of knew what to expect from that. And then vice versa with Star Trek Voyager. 
you know, all of those spinoffs kind of tied into each other. Mm. All of the new Star Trek content that's out now on Paramount Plus doesn't tie into each See, other. See, I couldn't. I, I like Scott Bakula, I, I, but I couldn't get into Voyager. Uh, Enterprise. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, he was Enterprise. I'm Enterprise, sorry. Yeah. Voyager was the what was her name? Kate Mulgrew, who played Captain Catherine. That's Janeway. that's the one. Okay, I couldn't yeah. get, I couldn't get into. And I think you know what it was maybe by that time I was just kind of burned out on the whole. Uh, because was that was that about the same timeline? Yeah, so Star Trek Voyager aired in nineteen ninety six or ninety seven, I want to say. Okay. And Deep Space Nine was still uh, they were into season five, season six, and DS nine. And then when conversely on that flip side of that coin, when you look at DS nine, they first premiered in nineteen ninety three, the year before the Next Generation was into its seventh and last season. So each of those series overlapped each other. Okay, but yeah, you, so they're all they're all the same basic timeline. I mean, I think that was yeah. the other thing too. Like like these other series, like Enterprise, that was yep. a whole different timeline. Was that supposed to be the first Enterprise? Right? Yeah, Enterprise was supposed to predate Star Trek: The Original Series. It was set a yeah. hundred years before the founding of the Federation, the founding of Starfleet. Uh, the Enterprise was just a uh, the Starfleet at the time consisted of only like six vessels in the entire fleet, and the Enterprise was just a um, was a prototype ship that had a crew of only 150. Yeah, and Scott Bakula played Captain Archer. And I couldn't. Yeah, and, I uh, some I, I didn't get into that one either. But I mean, yeah. I think uh, what a point I was trying to make was by the mm-hmm. time that uh, uh, Voyager came along, I think I was just kind of burned out on that timeline. You know, I, so, yeah, I I totally get it. Star yeah. Trek fatigue, Star Trek burnout. I yeah, I, and I think that's why Voyager was is considered by many of us fans the the least respected of all the series because again, it was just Star Trek after Star Trek after Star Trek, and Voyager just happened to bring up the rear. And then yeah. you know, and then going back to Enterprise, Star Trek Enterprise didn't come out until um, two thousand one, like five six years after Voyager had ended. Okay, so. Um, so there's yeah. a little bit of time, a little bit of a gap. There was a gap there that they gave with with Enterprise, yeah. yeah. So it was, um, and that's why I think that I, you know, as far as you know, J.J. Abrams, a lot of people have uh, problems with him. Um, I think, you know, for me, I think at the time it was perfect because I was ready again to, to uh, indulge into the you know Star Trek universe, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was really good that yeah that just kind of hit perfect for me. And I and I think and and with that style, I mean that Enterprise he had was awesome. I got to say that. I love I love that enterprise. Yeah, yeah, it, it's <laughs> well, you know what? I'll be honest with you, the the Abrams reboot films, um I the one thing I didn't like about them was that it set the continuity of Star Trek completely on its side. Um with because, the time travel stuff. Well, with the time travel stuff, yeah, because um what what he did was he inadvertently created a great story while affecting the Star Trek universe when he probably shouldn't have. And Mm. I I say that because uh, in Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Picard season one picks up in the Abrams slash Kelvin timeline. Uh, The Kelvin was the, was the ship that uh, Kirk's father, George Kirk, who was portrayed by Chris Hemsworth was on when it was destroyed by um, uh, the Romulans, uh, okay. Nero in in the first Star Trek J.J. Abrams film, but yeah. Star Trek Picard takes place right after that timeline where Romulus was destroyed, and so I, that's what I didn't like about the Abrams films was that he just completely went through and redid the entire. Um, he he went through and remade, gave like a facelift to the entire storyline, the story arc of Star Trek, because it all again it all ties in together. He was kind of the Loki of the. Uh of that universe. He just he just split everything up. Everything just after that went bonkers. He the damn, timeline was all screwed up. He damn well did and the timeline <laughs> is still bonkers, man. Yes, he did. I, I don't think he did it for a bad reason. I think no, that 
I think at the time, I, I would say at the time, I, I think I thought that it worked, you know, and, and because, you know, they needed a reboot and I didn't want to see all the characters be exactly the same. I liked that yeah. he, he had a little bit different take on it. I don't know how else you would have done that or written that. And there probably w- would have been a way. I don't know. But I, at the time, I thought it worked. But now with everything has gone that way with this whole, you know, timeline mm-hmm. and this and that, um, <clears throat> there's yeah. problems with it. it. It creates huge problems in, in these uh, yes. universes, you know? Oh yeah. The, the, and, and I'm not talking about just, I'm not talking about, you know, within the universes for story's sake, I'm talking about just like you're talking about, it creates huge problems, uh, when you're trying to, to, to put together all these different yeah. shows and stuff and like, wait a minute. Well, and you know what, uh, you know, they're, they're not bad films, but, uh, I, I think JJ gave them his specific touch on him primarily because he wanted to get a new generation hooked on Star Trek. Because, mm. I mean, look, let's face it. If you go back and you watch all three seasons of the original series, they're, the hallmarks of those three seasons is the storytelling. And kids from this day and age and in the, in the social media and the tech world that they live in, when they go back and watch the original series, it's going to be one campy piece of you know what. <laughs> really, I mean, the, the yeah. effects were terrible in the in the original series. Uh, they were still using matte paintings for background effects and stuff like that. Yeah, J.J. Yeah, Abrams yeah, wanted to attract a new era of fans to Star Trek, and he knew the only way he could do that was not by going back and reinventing the wheel, was by kind of going back and um, redesigning the wheel, creating action-based films rather than going to Paramount and going to Gene Roddenberry's son, who now heads the Star Trek franchise, well, to say, hey, can I make a new series? Can I make movies instead? Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, and, and, I, and I do understand that completely, because, you know, as, as a young kid, when uh, Star Trek the movie, the motion picture came out, yeah. and I watched that, and I thought that was, as a kid, yeah, it was a flaming piece of crap. Now, really, it, it was like you're saying, <laughs> wake up, wake up over there, wake right, up. Right, exactly. I, I just mentioned it, and he goes to sleep, guys. That's, hey. this is, that's how boring it was. But yeah, yeah. It, you know, okay, if you take that, what you're saying, if you, if you take that movie, it, they, they now, you know, critics are saying it was probably, it was one of the best Star Trek, Star Trek movies. But if, if you, uh, uh, which, exactly what you're saying, if you take that, that, that movie fits along with the TV show. Absolutely. But in a theater setting, you, you know, and especially, you know, you want to see action. You want to see things, you know, yep. happen. And that movie was just, it, it was it drug out for, and being a young kid sitting in there watching this, you know, and it's like, right, you right. know, and it's like, up what yeah. kind of, what crap is this? And then, you know, and then what was it? Was it two was Wrath of Khan? Two was, was Wrath of Khan. Yeah. And then is, all of a sudden it's Wrath of Khan and that's a whole different. Right. It's like, yeah. right. You're exactly right. It's like a polar opposite from the motion yeah. picture. Motion picture was a two hour and 45 minute snooze fest. Wrath of Khan was 120 minutes of testosterone-filled, I'm going to kick your space butt. (laughs) It really was. And the best thing about it was Kirk and Khan didn't throw down physically. They threw down mentally. Yeah. You know? So, But, you know, I'm I'm so glad you actually mentioned Star Trek The Motion Picture because they recently released a director's cut of the film, a new digitally remastered director's cut of the film Mm. with some extra added effects in it. Okay. But... um, Did that... Did you... Are you... Did you still fall asleep or, you know, did it wake you up the director I have no right. interest in watching it <laughs> the, the reason I bring it up okay. is because Star Trek the motion picture was actually supposed to be another series based on the original series cast really yes yes so with, with the same characters with, I mean with the same actors portraying the same characters with or? the same actors portraying the same characters wow uh, it would the the project was going to be called initially was called Star Trek phase two so what Gene Roddenberry mm. did was so everyone knows that Star Trek was um, unceremoniously canceled by CBS and Paramount 
1969 due to the the low ratings. Yeah, it didn't gain popularity until the 1970s when it hit syndication. But Gene had already started producing or started creating rough draft of a script for a new series that at the time was called Star Trek Phase Two. Okay. He took it to Paramount. They looked at it. Took it to CBS. They looked at it. And they liked it, but they still wanted to see some different angles taken with it. They kind of felt basically like Gene was rebooting the it original was the same thing, series. Yeah. yeah. But I guess while they were trying to get it green lighted by the studios, Gene was going to have a new cast of characters in this new series for phase two. So the characters of Captain Decker and Lieutenant Ilea were going to, and uh, Commander Sonak, who I'll get into in just a bit, who you may not be familiar with. Those characters were going to replace Captain Kirk, Mr. Spock, and uh, Dr. McCoy. Okay. Originally, what was going to happen was <clears throat> Gene had, was in the process of, for, of getting William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy to come back. The problem was they were only going to appear in a certain number of episodes throughout the season of this unnamed Star Trek series that was going to air in the early 70s, I guess, is when they wanted to have it air, like in 1971. And William Shatner didn't like that. Shatner mm. said, look, no, 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 You can't have an Enterprise without Captain Kirk. So, <laughs> so Stephen Collins, who played Captain Decker in the motion picture, was going to be Captain Kirk in this new series. Okay. He was going to be the new captain of the Enterprise. Shatner said, that's ridiculous. You can't have the Enterprise without Captain Kirk. That's bullcrap. And then when Leonard Nimoy found out that Bill Shatner wasn't going to be in it long term, Nimoy said, well, look, if Shatner's not going to commit to it full term, and if you guys are only going to have him in just a few episodes recurring here and there i'm not going to do it either because <clears throat> they wanted to do the they actually what they wanted to do was start off spock as still being the executive officer of the enterprise okay but eventually siphon him his character out so they can make room for lieutenant yeah, they're, they're just gonna yeah cycle into new characters right <laughs> right yeah. and yeah. then i don't know if you remember eric but in the motion picture there is a scene where admiral kirk flies down to um starfleet command in a shuttlecraft, and he meets a Vulcan there by the name of Commander Sonak. Hello, Admiral. Pleased to be on board the Enterprise. I am told by your recommendation. The actor who played Commander Sonak was going to replace Leonard's character in this new series. And okay. then he subsequently died in the motion picture. These guys had to be jerks and kill him off in a transporter accident. I don't know if you remember the scene or not, but it's the scene where we have a transporter malfunction, Mr. Scott. And then Scotty says, you better get up there, Admiral. Is, is it before the fallout? Is it you before know? they even leave? Left, sorry. Is it, is it before they even leave the, uh, the ship? Before the they space leave space dock. dock yeah. <laughs> and so I, I, I vaguely, I'm yes. going to have to go back and watch this now. You're getting me. Go back and watch it. You're getting me jazzed up on the motion picture. I'm going to snooze. Great, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll just fast forward because I'll snooze through the rest of it. But. So yeah, the actor that had been cast to portray Commander Sonak in the film was going to be him in the series okay so anyway how this <laughs> i know it's really confusing but anyway well, no, it's very interesting it, it is this interesting. backstory yeah. is very interesting it yeah. is interesting the backstory is interesting so gene when he was unable to get bill shatner leonard nimoy and deforest kelly to commit to this new series on a limited basis everything then just went to sham well he tried to take he tried to sell it to the studio with stephen collins and lieutenant ilea and um uh who's the other one i just mentioned um I forgot now, but um, he was going to sell the studio on the idea of having these new, uh, new actors, new characters in these new roles. And okay. the, studio, the studio even told him, look, we agree with Shatner. You can't have the Starship Enterprise without Captain Kirk, just like you can't have Star Wars without Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and the like. Yeah. If you're not going to have these guys in your show, 
we're not going to green light it. And Gene wanted to go in a different direction with different actors. Mm. He was not committed to keeping Bill Shatner and Leonard Nimoy there long term. When that wasn't guaranteed, then it fell off the table. Okay. And so Gene then decided to um, bring it back as the two-hour, 45-minute snooze fest that we were talking about earlier. But that came out, what came out? 78? 1979. 79, okay. And the reason why he resuscitated it as a movie is because he saw science fiction really boom in popularity in the late 70s. Star Wars Episode Four came out in 77. Alien came out mm, in 79. Yeah. You had 2001, A Space Odyssey come out in 76. So yeah, science fiction, Gene basically read the writing on the wall, and he saw how popular science fiction was becoming... On the big screen. He was just before his time. This is before his time. No, yeah. I, mean, I mean, with, with the original series, with, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was yeah. before It was before before his time. He was before his time on that. He really was, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, because you're talking about now also at the same time, you have uh, the syndicated TV show yeah. that's super popular, yeah. right, in the 70s. I don't even yeah. know, like, I mean, what, what would you say? Mid-70s, it probably really hit its peak? Mid, mid Well, early 70s, actually. What happened was, um, so yeah, Star Trek... Uh, the original series went into syndication, I think, 72 or 73. Really boomed in popularity. Really boomed in popularity. But the Star Trek franchise didn't explode globally until they started having Star Trek conventions. Mm. And the Star Trek conventions came about when Star Trek was in syndication. And so the first convention was held in 1975 or 76. And then from there, it just snowballed. <clears throat> and the popularity yeah. just grew and grew and grew and grew. Okay. So it, it's interesting. So it was ripe. So, so yeah. by 79, and he's got the movie, and then he brought the original characters, because that's what everybody yep. uh, you know identified with, the original yep. characters. Yep. I mean, it was it was a perfect timing for that, even though the movie wasn't necessarily. Mm -hmm. it's, it really isn't, and we're talking it down, but it really is a good movie. It's just a very slow movie. It, and it's a very yes. methodical and a very and, a, and it's all in your mind type of movie. It's, it it's almost like a uh, Kubrick type thing in a way with like space, you know, with two thousand one wow. Space Odyssey. Wow, right? that, that's actually that's an apt, the perfect apt description of the, of that film is that it is a Kubrick uh, Kubrick like movie, Kubrick esque, yeah, Kubrick esque movie. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not meant for an action fan. It's just meant to just enjoy and absorb the storytelling and the special effects for the time, the photographic effects especially are amazing in it too. Cause Douglas Trumbull who had worked with George Lucas and the star Wars films mm. and had worked with Steven Spielberg as well in close encounters of the third kind, um, did the photographic and special lens effects for star Trek, the motion picture. Wow. And so, and he actually, he, he won an Academy award for the uh, photographic effects in that movie. Wow. You know? So, yeah, but so yeah, that's kind of where we got uh, from Star Trek Strange New Worlds to here. But yeah, again, as you, as you can see, um, the, it all just kind of intertwines and, and connects with each other there. But um, so yeah, and, and getting back to Strange New Worlds, what we were initially talking about, yeah. um, you know, hey, yeah, if, I mean, if it, it's worth a tune in just to watch it and see how you like it. Again, the diehards are going to love it. Some who aren't necessarily diehards, it'll take them a while to warm up to it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I may check it out, man. You, I think you talked me into it. Boom. A couple of things. I may go back yeah. and watch uh, the motion picture, Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Oh, I will. Um, and <laughs> okay, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a hypocrite here. I, I've actually watched it several times, be, just yeah, because really? I'm, a, I'm a Star Trek fan. Yes, and I have all yeah. the films, so I mean, I'm just. I'm a hypocrite, but so soon. No, but that, but that, but at least you. But I mean, you know, I mean, because you've yeah. seen it and you know it. Uh, mul you know, you've seen it multiple times now. So yeah. I mean, I literally, I probably have seen it. I saw it once in a the theater, and I've seen it maybe like 
in passing on TV, mm-hmm. you know, when it yeah. would be playing on TV, I've never actually sat down and purposely watched that movie again. Any really, and I got to be honest, any of the Star Trek movies, I haven't done that with. You know, it's always yeah. been like, oh, it's on when, when when we had cable. Oh, it's on cable. I'll watch it, or yeah, right, it's on TV right. or whatever. You know, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I might, I might, you know, um, especially with having a young daughter, you know, you can kind of get her back into these, and then you get back into the stories too, right? You know, with, yeah. with, with that kind of stuff. I don't know if you do that but uh, i do i do yeah so, yeah you know you kind of share them and then they get into them and then yeah. you kind of re-get into it because they're into it now you know yeah well you know i i have all three seasons of the original series on disc uh yeah i, I could stream them as well but i have them on i'm i'm nostalgic that way i like to watch them on disc sometimes i still yeah. have my blu-ray player but yeah i i rediscover my love for star trek when i watch the original series and then i go back and i watch some of the films based on the original series and then subsequently jump back into next generation and, uh, um, you know, actually, ironically, it was Next Generation that got me into the original series. Uh, even though I watched the original series before The Next Generation as a small kid, mm. um, I didn't get pumped about Star Trek until The Next Generation. And really? Then, uh, yeah, and then I went back and rewatched all the three seasons of, of TOS, and I was just like, ooh, awesome, okay, I like all this. But, yeah, um, yeah I've rediscovered my love of Star Trek, and... Uh, uh, I'm actually, as a Star Trek fan, um, I'm really happy to see that the franchise is being kept alive with all of these other streaming shows that are out now. Because you now have, yeah. we just mentioned Star Trek Strange New Worlds, but there's also Star Trek Discovery, which now takes place in a Federation 300 years in the future from the timelines that we're familiar with, like from the next generation. But then you also have uh, Star Trek Picard. Yeah. which is based on just the character Picard himself. You know, I was going to ask and, you about that too before yeah. before we get off this topic. Uh, yeah. I yeah. only saw season 1. <clears throat> yeah. And uh what what do you think about it overall? And like I said, I've only seen the season 1. Yeah. Are, are they are season 2 out done? Season 2 is and already that's it. done. He's done, right? He's not doing anymore. They're doing uh season 3. Oh, they're doing a season 3. It's going to be the last one. And that's it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, to be honest, I, I was really, I, I liked it because it brought some of the old characters back yeah. in season one, mm-hmm. and it was kind of fun to see them. Yeah. But really, I was done with it, I think, at that point. I mean, you know, once it was finished, I wasn't excited about seeing Picard season two, hmm. to be honest. Right. Uh, what's your feelings on it? I mean, you've watched both yeah. of them so far. What, what's your feelings on them? Um, my feeling is I did not like season two as much as I like season one. Uh, the reason I didn't, first of all, okay. I, I like Picard as, uh, I like, I like what they've done with this series with just focusing it on the character. Mm-hmm. The reason why is because, you know, when we saw Patrick Stewart bring that character to life in the next generation, we saw a character who was a complete polar opposite of Kirk. Kirk yeah. was the guy who shagged in nine different galaxies. <laughs> I mean, this was a guy that got <laughs> so a, much. This was a guy of action. Yeah. Right? This was a guy that got so much alien tail that it, yeah. it would, it would Make us all pale in comparison, and this is a guy who could not. Now, now we know why his shirt was so green. Right, exactly. Captain yeah, <laughs> he was so with those green aliens, Picard right? was the the polar opposite, and yeah. he was the guy that drank tea, and he was the guy that talked through everything before he threw a fist, and this was a guy who wanted to be a ballerina dancer rather than or whatever. <laughs> but the point is, is that Patrick Stewart does such a fantastic job of portraying the polar opposite of what Kirk was. Yeah. We never saw, as fans or as an audience, the vulnerable part of Captain Picard. Mm. And that's what this series has done, is it's really stripped him down. Because this series is about a Picard who has left Starfleet. He's given up Starfleet. He resigned his commission because he did not agree with uh, the politics. He did not agree with the mission. He did not agree... 
he is a broken down, beaten man in this series. And that's what I love about it the most. Now, with that being said, I did not like season two because, again, it was another story based entirely on going back in time. Mm. And I and this time they travel to the mid-21st century, which, hello, we're living in right now. Really good thinking there, guys. But So they um, traveled to here modern day, basically? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. I mean, the, 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 time, the time travel premise is supposed to take place like in late 2022 or 2023. Okay. Which, for all intents and purposes, let's be honest, when you see a 1999 Dodge Dakota Ram in Star Trek Season 2 Picard, <laughs> it's not taking place in 2022. So, okay, so let me see. So they, 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 they time traveled back here. They saw everybody wearing masks and afraid of a virus, and they got the heck out of here, right? They I think that's back. what they did. We have them to thank for coronavirus. They said, we're out of here. Wait, yeah, take they, me they, with you. They brought it in. They right. Take, it in. We came to this planet looking yeah. for intelligent life. Whoops, we made a mistake. Picard uh, is patient zero. Right, exactly. <laughs> He's the source of it. You know, but so um, getting back that to what is I was crazy. It is. Getting back to what I was saying, um, I did not like the, the time travel element because I even though it, it continued to show the vulnerable side of Picard, it was just a really slow storyline to develop. Mm. Uh, and again, it lingered throughout the whole season. Well, season one was that way too, I thought. But mm-hmm. you know what it was is that because they had the characters, that always brought you back in, you know, because all of a sudden you got to see Riker right. or you got to see, you knew Data was, you know I mean? Yep. It's like these characters, that's what brought you in. But it was yeah. a very slow season overall. And I understand, yeah. you know, Patrick Stewart's getting older. I mean, they can, only do, yeah, they can only do so much with him. They yeah. can't, you know, he can't be running around, you know, flipping around Dodge and uh, laser blast, right? Like, yeah, right. I mean, he barely did that in, in Next Generation. So. Yeah, right. He was a guy. He was he wussed out every mission. He always stayed up in the ready room drinking his El Grey, yeah, extra true, hot. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but 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 I mean, yeah, it's it's which I understand. And I don't have a problem with that. But I, I actually thought the story, besides all the characters, I'm sorry to cut cut in, but no, I'll, I'll do please. a little bit of season one. Yeah, the same thing. I kind of thought the story was a little weak. Um, I thought I don't know. I thought they ha- would have a more of a because I know they kind of wrapped it around data and stuff, and I thought they would have more of a story with the girl, right? Because the girl was uh, I from what I'm remembering. I mean, you know, like the girl was was part of, of data or whatever. And the synthetic, uh, the synthetic girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I uh, there were twins actually, and I yep. think one of them they destroyed, and then the yep. other one uh, he was trying to save. Yeah, and. Yeah, I just thought, I don't know, I thought it was kind of a weak storyline. I think what, what kept me going was the fact that they had brought in the older characters, yeah. you know, from the yeah. original generation, Star Trek generation, um, next generation. Yeah. But, yeah, so I, I think I think that's what it was. And I was just like, you know, I don't know, I wasn't excited. And, and the story didn't yeah. make me excited about Picard. It's one thing to be broken, but at some point you've got to... Uh, is, is he broken in season two? He's still he's still broken. In fact, uh, at the risk of spoiling it for those who haven't seen it yet, season two really focuses on the fractured childhood that he had. Ah, interesting. And, yeah, it is because the the writers of the Next Generation actually hit on it in a couple of the seasons. In fact, in season five, um, in the season five episode of Family, no season was it season five? Yeah, season five episode of Family is a uh, episode that takes place right after the best of both worlds part 2. And this uh, that was an episode where the two-part episode where Picard was assimilated by the Borg. Oh, so yeah, yeah, this okay. particular episode family uh, talks about how uh, how Picard wanted originally wanted to join Starfleet but more importantly he talks about how conflicted he was because his family mm-hmm. didn't want him to join Starfleet. He was at odds with his brother and his father. And so what the writers of season two Picard did was they kind of piggybacked off that to get more in depth. So season two really focuses on 
um, the all of the guilt and all of the shame that Picard was carrying around with him as an adult from the experiences he had as a child. Because there's a lot of flashback and foreshadowing scenes in Star Trek Picard from his childhood into into his uh, adult life now that are, right. are, are really well written and they're really sad too. And so I think season two helps you relate more to the character than season one did. And season two also brings Q back, who is portrayed mm. by John Delancey. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing I didn't really like about season two was they went to painstaking efforts to, to get the fans pumped up about Q coming back. But Q is in the first episode and snaps Picard and his new crew back in time but he well, wasn't that the cliffhanger in the in the last it was yeah, yeah. actually the, the the cliffhanger was actually semi good it was on a scale of one to ten it was about a five i say that because at the very end it's a tearjerker between q and picard where you know q is giving him this lecture telling him about you know hey this is why i chose you in humanity and stuff like this but at yeah, the, yeah at the very end Q also says to Picard, in all my time of travel, Jean-Luc, all the years that we have known each other, you are the closest thing to a friend I've ever had. And then they embrace each other and hug. Mm, okay. and, and so that really kind of tears down that facade of Q and Picard being enemies from the next generation, mm. where we see that, because in, in this, in season two, Q is actually dying. And oh, so, okay. yeah, Q's character, John Delancey's character Q is actually dying. I thought they kind of, in, in The Next Generation, I thought they kind of had that, not necessarily the same moment, but kind yeah. of had a similar moment where it was like they weren't necessarily adversaries. Like in the end, like you're saying, you know, he was like, mm-hmm. it's more like he did that, you know, out of, uh, uh, he respected Picard. Like he chose Picard to, 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 prove, him, to prove him wrong, to prove yeah. Q wrong what his idea was of... Yeah. Uh, humanity. Uh, yeah, he did. And, you know, Q was never meant to be an adversarial character for Picard or the crew of the Enterprise. He was meant to be an antagonist, true to form, but he was never meant to be an enemy like, mm. say, the Klingons or the Romulans or yeah, the Borg. Borg yeah. Gene Roddenberry created him because he wanted him to actually be a polar opposite of what Picard was. He wanted him to be a character who was just as curious as Picard. Uh, he's just as curious about him as Picard is of Q, okay. but he also wanted him to be. Um, he wanted to be a true challenge to Picard. So he, even though he put him and his crew in harm's way on occasion, he wasn't meant to be the prototypical villain. Again, like the Klingons or the Borg, he yeah. didn't have a modus operandi of resistance is futile or yeah, drink yeah. blood wine, we shall break your bones. You know, <laughs> he he had to challenge Picard mentally and physically, and that's mm-hmm. what he was meant, and so that's what made him such a great character. And so he does this in a different way in season two. It's more, it's like a more sinister version of Q in mm-hmm. season two, where you can clearly tell that he has a clear-cut agenda as to what he's doing. Whereas in the next generation. He was like Loki, like you just Yeah, you just didn't know. Yeah, he was very whimsical. You didn't know what he was going to do next. But in this one, Q takes a really nasty turn for the worse. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, it is. Very interesting. Yeah. I may yeah, I, I may pull that one in, too. Yeah. It's a, it's a season one. I, I liked it. It just didn't yeah. grab me. And when I saw the characters I wanted to see, I think I was kind of like, okay, I saw the characters. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of done. And for me, Q wasn't that big enough draw. For season two, you know, to be like, oh yeah, you know, but yeah. but I may I may still watch it. I do want to see the new. Uh, what's the new one with uh, Anson Mount? I can't. I forgot. Strange already. New Worlds. Strange New Worlds. That's yeah. the name. Okay, yeah, yeah, I do want to see that one though. Yeah, but uh, hey guys, looks like we are out of time. We kind of went down uh, a little bit of a. <laughs> 
We went down Star a Star Trek, Trek rabbit hole. Rabbit hole uh, yeah. instead of, uh, uh, but we will get to the next time. We will definitely get to that uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, Doctor Strange review. And the multiverse, multiverse of, of madness. madness. Yes, what a review. bending mind trip by the MCU. Yeah. And that's coming up on our next episode, so, guys. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we hope you enjoyed this one. And until next time. Uh, adios, hasta luego. <laughs> <laughs>